0: Ain't That Swell presents Core Lords.
1: This week's Core Lord is a Hawaiian heavy hitter, a Polynesian prince with the purest of surfing pedigree, Seth Moniz. The son of Hawaiian surfing superhero Golden Gloves Boxer and state motocross champion Tony Moniz, Seth grew up in the midst of Hawaiian surf gods such as Dane Kealoa and Ben Iper, just to name a few. He is one of five kids birthed by the Aloha Queen, Temimonis, all of whom have gone on to achieve some measure of surfing success. His sister, Kelia, is a former longboarding world champion who also immortalised herself in Core Lord folklore when she centred over the ledge on an eight-footer at Chope's riding Ye Olden Log. You've probably seen Josh Moniz ripping the guts out of eight-foot-plus backdoor and off-the-wall chambers before feasting on their innards in an orgy of spit and blood. While older brothers, Isaiah and Micah, blaze the trail for the Moniz clan, were both sponsored surfers at different times and remain respected pipeline chargers. Seth, at 23 years old, with two top 15 finishes in his three years on the world tour, is well on his way to emulating his father, and becoming one of the greats of Hawaiian surfing. As comfortable in knee-high Japanese beach breaks, as he is in mortally conequential Chopu and Pipeline, his well-rounded skill set is emblematic of the modern Hawaiian surfer. What's more, he's mounting his attack on the world tour and peak at Pipeline with all the grace, goodwill, and old-fashioned aloha in the world. This is Seth Moniz. Seth, thanks for joining us on the program. Um, I guess first of all, how are you? What have you been up to?
0: Yeah, I've been good, you know. Um, it was a pretty busy winter. Obviously, we had tons of swells, so I think everyone was pretty burnt out this winter. And um, I've had like the last week's been kind of small, so I've been training a bit, uh, golfing, and kind of keeping it mellow. I think we're going to get another flurry of swells coming up next week. So it's going to be good.
1: Mental, yeah. I mean, uh, late season, I guess, is the best time of year for, for locals. Everyone's kind of bailed, right?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like the season where, you know, it's kind of just locals. But honestly, sometimes it's that's when it's even harder to get waves because all the locals are kind of on it and they're all out there. So it's, you know, it, it's, it's harder when those guys are out compared to when all the tour guys are out. Um, you know, you can kind of, being local, you can kind of get away with, paddling past them at pipe um, and kind of just taking position. But um, yeah, I think pipeline is always a challenge to get a wave. Um, But you just got to put your time out there, you know, spend hours and hours and, you know, you can luck into a really good wave.
1: Fully, Yeah, it can't be easy getting waves off Ezra and Ty Van Dyke and uh, some of these kind of big cats that roam the North Shore.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough with – a lot of older guys and these Bulldogs, um, especially like guys like Cole Rothman or Eli, John, Nate, those kind of guys, are, they're pretty much everywhere, so you kind of got to you know, pick and choose your waves and um, almost like you sit under those guys and um, lock into a wave that they miss or something. That's kind of like another wit angle approach that so you can surf pipe is sitting underneath those guys and hopefully they'll miss a bomb and you're right under them
1: right fascinating um yeah talk us through some of your personal highlights from this most recent north shore winter like any particular waves that stand out or days or runs of swell
0: man it's all kind of a blur every swell is kind of a blur we just had tons of good days of pipe and backdoor but i had one wave where i was pretty soaked on um i think i entered it into the wave of the winter it was just kind of a perfect pipe wave it it just it was just like picture perfect the whole wave like it, was, it wasn't a big wave but it was really round and hollow and um i was on a pretty big board i was on a 6-8 which i normally don't ride out there just because it was like 30 thing and i kind of came into the inside and kind of got lucky underneath those guys like i said a few guys are out the back and it kind of swung wide and i was kind of just in the perfect spot for that one
1: yeah well you're one of the the top handful of guys at arguably you know the best wave on the planet um I guess, like, yeah, what's the view look like from the top of the pecking order at Pipe? Or how close to the top of the pecking order are you? Uh,
0: I'm not at the tip top yet, I don't think. But I feel like I'm right there, and I feel like I kind of deserve that spot there to be the better waves of them all. Um, but I don't know. There's still guys, you know, that are older than me that I respect, and, you know, I'll give them the right of way. But if it's my turn, you know, I'll probably take it. and. You know, give it a shot, but um it's all all. everywhere all friend days, and I feel like it's not like back in the day where you know your toes and you just kind of just scared to survive. Um Especially like a lot of the newcomers, like even like the cold pintos. You know, they can go out there and still get their fair share. You just gotta gotta spend your time out there and um, put out put out um, hours in the water.
1: Yeah, and and how does it feel to be one of the best guys out there with the ability? to go on pretty much any wave you want
0: yeah it feels great but there's still a lot of really good guys and um i don't know it's uh, it's a confidence booster just being from here and knowing you know uh, being a local there so you know that's easier you know i can kind of i don't have to sit on guys that i I normally would um be sharing waves with somewhere else i can kind of just paddle out to the peak and um hanging out with the boys at the peak so it's definitely a uh from hawaii and i'm um, a pro surfer and just cutting up and surfing this spot
1: yeah and uh absolutely and so take us right back to the beginning man like your father tony is a hawaiian surfing legend uh you know talk to us about some of his surfing achievements and, and how they shaped
0: you yeah well he really liked he liked pipe sunset and hollywood those are his like three waves he did all style. And he would always tell us when we were young, like, you guys got to surf Hollywood Sunset. Like, surf Hollywood Sunset. And, you know, when you're a young kid, like, that's not the wave you really want to surf. You want to surf V-Line or Rockies. So he would always be just, he wouldn't push us too hard to, like, force us to go surf those waves. But he would really tell us, like, you know, those are the fundamentals about surfing. And um you got to put your time out there. And, you know, now now today, I, I really love Pipe, Sunset, and Hollywood, especially Pipe, you know. But sensitive sensed it in waves the last few winters. Um, just putting in my hours and kind of wish I surfed those waves more when I was young, like my dad told us, but, you know, it's all good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and what kind of a character was he at home? Because, you know, his sporting record is remarkable. Um, state surf champ at 14, two-time state champion motocross rider. Uh, he was a Golden Gloves boxer. This was all before the age of 20. Uh, and then a finalist at the Duke at Sunset, got sixth in the eddy, was a staple of surf mags and videos all through the 80s. Uh, does he get in a, Does he get around in a cape at home? I mean, he's pretty much a, a Hawaiian superhero. <laughs> no,
0: nah, you know, my dad was uh, pretty humble about all that stuff. And honestly, just growing up, I never really realized, like, the who he was, you know, he's kind of just his dad. And not I was older, you know, you kind of really helped out it was gnarly dad was winning all these comps like at 20 i'll say i'll i'll compare myself and i'd be like shit i'm 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 pretty far behind him like at my age <laughs> but, from what he did at 20 years old so that was kind of like almost like a a goal of mine to kind of just accomplish this stuff he's he's done like being a final at pipe or win Welcome pipe pro he's won that my mother won it i I never want it. I made one final. And uh, so still one thing I kind of want to really get. And I mean, I have a chance to win a Pipe master since I'm on tour. So that's the big goal, I think.
1: Yup. Yup. And what were the big life lessons, discipline, work ethic uh, that you learned from you? Um,
0: it's probably just always like respecting the elders, especially like when we traveled and when we're traveling alone. It always just say, like, hey, I have friends all over the world, so you guys got to be good, you know. <laughs> you guys got to be on your best behavior wherever we're going. And, and that kind of just helped me out, like, when I was young, traveling by myself, just going to other places. And my dad would have a, you know, a mostly good rep all the places we've, we've gone to when we're young. So but always meet new friends and uh, people that could, like, take us around and kind of show us, like, whether we're in Portugal or Brazil or friends so it's kind of like this respect he built for us it was pretty awesome and now that i get to see it like firsthand traveling um i really respect that he's put a super image and kind of set us up
1: yeah for sure man what a great uh, legacy and and your mom tammy man talk to us about her like uh she surfed uh, i believe that's how they they met um and what kind of a person is your mother and, and what were the biggest lessons that you learned from her
0: yeah, my parents, my parents, My mom actually worked at a surf shop. It was a locomotion surf shop, like the first one they've had. And my dad, you know, my dad came to the store one day and my and my mom knew who he was. And um, I think they just hit it off from there. But uh, my mom's been probably the, uh, uh, you know, she, my mom was a very strict lady when we were growing up. She she home all five of us. And um, she was kind of just like the foundation of us. My dad was would all just let us go have fun and do whatever he, he kind of, you know, he, he kept us in line, but he let us run free. You know, my mom was kind the, the of the queen house, you know, she, she made sure, she made sure we we're in check and, you know, we're always in good behavior with we're around mom.
1: Yeah, healthy respect for women. Always good, mate. Um,
0: yeah.
1: I'm fascinated too, you know, like Hawaii was known for its heavy characters uh, and a big drug scene back in the day, which, you know, you'd have to say probably exacerbated the heaviness of a lot of people over there. But uh, you're not from that kind of family. Like, were you aware of the pitfalls of drugs and violence growing up? And, and how did your dad keep you guys away from that?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was always aware of what was what was going on in Hawaii, and you know, all the history of Hawaii, Hawaiian surfing. But I think my dad just, you know, he got a wave scene at a young age. You know, he he grew up in the middle of it, and um, luckily, I'd I say my mom was like his savior in a way.
1: I guess, like, um, you know, when your dad was coming up, like, like you said, like Hawaii was a gnarly joint, man. Like, you know, there was. Um, big localism scene, uh, also like a big drug scene. Um, and I guess like, but your dad and your family, they seem very different to that kind of typical, um, you know, heavy Hawaiian stereotype. Like you guys are well-received wherever you go. Your father is universally uh, respected. Um, yeah, I'm just kind of fascinated to know, um, you know, how your dad kept you guys away from that falling into that kind of rut of, of drugs and violence, um, that was pretty rife, uh, at, at various periods, um, throughout the North Shores history.
0: Yeah. Well, I would say my dad, my mom, like my, like I said, my mom was like, I'll say my dad's savior. She kind of, you know, um, came into his life and my dad, you know, set my dad onto the right path. You know, I was, I was in a Christian household. So, you know, we were going to church on Sundays mm. and, uh, I just grew up in a, I'd say in a nice community too, like where I grew up, I wasn't born and raised in the North Shore. I was born and raised in town and I kind of just was surrounded by, you know, a different crew, I would say, you know, um, I would say the crew I grew up with wasn't all necessarily surfers. So I wasn't always hanging out with surfers when I was really young. Um, so I guess, I guess surrounding yourself with the right people.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, it's something that you know Australians and foreigners aren't necessarily aware of. I guess it's the difference between town and the North Shore. Like it's a very different culture, isn't it?
0: Yeah, it's a different culture for sure. You know, um, Townies we're Townies and the North Shore guys. Uh, uh, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I'll <was> just, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll talk shit. But nah, we're on a different scene, and you know, I think, I think. Just being like super solid parents and keeping us on the right track. I we actually all homeschooled. Wow! So I think that was another big deal. You know, I I never went to the public school, and I know that's where a lot of kids would get in trouble and you know start you know start doing drugs and creating bad habits. So, mm, mm. so my parents really got to like get a hold of our our childhood and like kind of like you know they made sure like what we were seeing and had a lot of control. Mm. Not a lot of control necessarily. Being very strict, um, but they would, you know, we, we were basically just going to the beach down to Waikiki every day, doing our schoolwork and then going surfing. And that that was kind of our life.
1: Wow, man, that's an incredible upbringing, and they've done an incredible job. Like that, you know, they've raised an incredible family, man. You guys are like probably, uh, you know, you're doing Hawaii very proud. Uh, I think
0: that was that was kind of like the one thing growing up. My dad, even at a young age, he'd be always telling us He'd be telling us like you guys have to have a gotta have a good rep and a good reputation. And you know, you guys have to um, make a good example for the younger kids. Even when I was like 13, you know, he was he was always telling us like set a good example and like lead the way. So that was kind of the way we we're growing up. So to, to this day, you know, I, I wanna set a good example and and make sure the kids in Hawaii know that like it's possible to make it out of Hawaii and uh, become a professional surfer. Even even if you don't have a professional dad like my dad, you know, I was lucky enough. He kind of got to set me a direction. And, you know, that was kind of his motto.
1: Yeah, man, I love that. That's fascinating. And, and of course, it's a great example to set uh, – you know that you don't have to be a badass you don't have to be into drugs and stuff like that's not necessarily cool or respected at all you know you can you can be a humble um well-raised community man like yourself like your family and and you're gonna get more respect uh in in the long run
0: yeah for sure that was always his thing you know like sending yourself in the long run in the long run um so i know i think they did a pretty good job uh I'm just lucky enough to have like two solid parents because I've seen a lot of kids, especially when I was young, having like parents in the comps, like little amateur comps and parents getting pissed off for the kid losing in the second round, you know, and like punishing and punishing them and making them feel like shit. And that's kind of not what my dad and parents did. Um, they kind of just, whether we lost or won, it was kind of like the same didn't really matter. See,
1: So classic, man. Um, and who are some of the surf legends who'd regularly pass through your home back in the day? And, and what sort of an impression did that leave on you? Because I imagine your dad, like, you know, your, your home would have just been packed full of Hawaiian surfing icons back in the day.
0: Yeah. You know, I grew up having guys like Dane Killua at my house and all kinds of legends, like Ben Aipa, my that was my dad's shaper. So I was kind of around guys like, you know, the heavy hitters back in the day. And at a young age, I didn't even realize it, but, you know, now now I realize that I got to hang out with those guys at a young age, you know, having dinners, going surfing with them and not actually realizing I was surfing with like the best surfers ever. So, um, yeah, I was a pretty fortunate girl growing up.
1: Yeah. And as you got got older, did they have advice for you or did they leave any, um, kind of lasting impression on you? Did you feel like you had like a, a legacy to continue?
0: Uh, no, honestly, um, they never really let, left any pressure on me. It was just always like go out and have fun, you know. That was kind of my dad's thing, like for not having fun surfing and why are you doing it? So he kind of – he never really pushed us or coached us when we were young too. You know, Reynos Hayes kind of came into our life at a young age and my dad kind of just let Reynolds coach us and my dad was our dad. You know, he kind of liked it like that. So I would say he did it kind of right because – I think I would, I would have gotten kind of annoyed at him if he was trying to push us and coach me too much when I was young, and so I think he realized that and he kind of just let Reynolds do everything. So, I think that was like one of the big reasons why I'm like still loving surfing.
1: Yeah, man. Wow.
0: Yeah.
1: Fascinating. Um, and yeah, talks to your progression from growing up in Waikiki, uh, in town there to being one of the best in the world at pipe and backdoor. I mean, uh, the waves couldn't be more different.
0: Yeah, I mean. Growing up, I was like I was really scared of big waves. And growing up in Waikiki, you're surfing a a, a spot people travel all over the world just to learn how to surf. So that's a really like a forgiving wave. There's not much to it. There's no power, and um, but you know, eventually getting older, you'll progress to the spots like Oahu bowls or Kiwala Basin, and that's kind of where we eventually ended up and kind of surfing every day we went from like 11 to 16 and those are like the spots we kind of just learned all our fundamentals and then i think pipe kind of came later for me actually a funny story was um my mom's brother he's a professional japanese surfer you know my mom's 100 percent japanese and uh, uh his name's kirby fukunaga and one day he he sat us all down and he was it was me all my brothers and one of my friends and he sat us all down and he's like, boys, he's like, boys, if you guys don't start surfing pipe, you guys aren't going to make it. So he said, if you want to be a pro surfer, you got to start surfing pipe. And the next, well, um, me and all my brothers we paddled out on like old Brown, like six sixes. And that was kind of our first session out there. And I'll till this day, I, I still tell him like, thank you for saying that because if it wasn't for you, I don't think I would have paddled out to pipe so soon.
1: Wow. Yeah. Incredible, man. I mean, far out. It, it is the proving ground, as they say. Um, I'm fascinated to know, yeah, what your earliest memories of pipe are. And, uh, you know, even other big Hawaiian swells, like uh, as a kid, surfing waves uh, of that kind of consequence, you know, they kill regularly. Um, yeah. What are your earliest memories of pipe that have just been seeded into your brain, post-traumatic stress style?
0: <laughs> I was kind of, since I was the youngest brother, um, I would always follow my brothers. And whatever they did, like, I would do. So if they paddle out to pipe, I would paddle out to pipe. I was kind of just their little follower. So I think I think one of my older brothers that wanted to surf pipe one day, and um, I was actually on the beach, just sitting on the beach all day. And uh, Jason Magdalena walked down the beach, and he walked up to me and he's like, hey, Seth, let's paddle out like paddle out with me so I ended up paddling out with me with him and um he kind of just he paddled out with me I think it was only like a six foot day and he sat on the shoulder with me and that was kind of my first like impression of pipe and I think sitting on the side on the shoulder of pipe is a lot scarier than actually being in the peak because you know you're watching every wave you're watching the waves unfold on the reef so um I think ever since that session though I was pretty I was pretty hooked like I really wanted to get a wave and be that guy in a barrel
1: yeah wow that's an incredible incredible insight um and i mean so like talk to us about what you've learned about surfing pipe over the years like uh you know just your approach to surfing it and some of the tricks of the trade that you've developed since you first started out there
0: um i think the biggest thing is probably positioning out there um you can get really out positioned by guys and um Especially guys like John and Nate, they're always like something about it, but they just always know where to be. Like they're always super aware of what's going on. So I think I think that big thing, just reading the ocean, because once a wave comes in, it's much all balls. You just gotta send it and <laughs> paddle really hard.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, man. Just that it's like a sixth sense, being able to anticipate um various you know moving lumps of water the direction they're coming in how they're going to hit the reef and i guess like that's something that can only really be developed by time in the water
0: yeah yeah it's just time in the water there's i mean for years when i first started surfing pipe i would paddle out there and not even catch a wave and at the time you know you're, you're a young kid and you're just kind of mad and you're bummed and you're that you didn't catch but those sessions kind of mean a lot because those, those are the sessions you're kind of just analyzing the lineup and, you know, taking in a bunch of knowledge and just spending time out there, I think is super important. And that's a lot of kids are doing nowadays. Um, this winter, I think scrums have ever seen powder. but it's super cool because they'll, they'll paddle out in a pack and they're all wearing helmets. I thought that the parents were, you know, like advising them to wear helmets and it's just another thing of safety, you know, out there. You're putting yourself and others at risk. So for like Gromz to paddle out there with I Thomas, I thought that was super cool.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting, man. Who, who were the guys dominating the lineup uh, when you first started surfing at Pipe? like Who were the big dogs?
0: Still, them are still there like Makua, um, Jamie, uh, Ezra said, you know, Kalani Chapman. Those guys are all still out there. And I think when I first started surfing, they're like more hard on it. Like, you know, just really on it. Days, you know, Nate, obviously, Eli, Cole Robin, those guys are kind of on the come, come up. They're, I'd say, a generation before me or ahead of me. And, um, you know, I, it, it seems like the tides are switching and those guys are the top dogs now.
1: Wow, interesting, interesting, man, and um, and and your early memories of epic waves that you saw ridden by some of those guys that you mentioned at Pipe or anywhere along the North Shore—is there any like waves that stand out in your mind where you were either sitting on the channel or maybe you were watching them uh, send it over the ledge on one where you were just like,
0: "Fuck, that was fucked up." My first memory of just seeing a perfect wave and me just being like, "Wow, like I really want to surf that wave." Was I was staying at the Wong house when I was, I think I was like nine or 10 and I was staying there with my whole family and Andy and Iron just staying there and Lindy was staying there and it was the morning of a big stall. and I know Andy paddled out early in the morning. So I woke up early and I, um, I, I went on the balcony and I watched the session and he didn't catch wave for like, like I was busy. like, I was just like, my eyes were just glued to the ocean. And then he finally got a wave, got a perfect wave. And I'm pretty sure I cover a few magazines, just like a, his bottom turn in the big backdoor pit. And um, I'm pretty sure it might have been a free surf or a surfing magazine cover. But that was kind of like that first wave where I was just like, damn, like, I really want get, to get out there soon. And I remember that day he was telling me, he was like, hey, let's paddle out, paddle out with me. But I wish I, I, wish I just did it, but I was still pretty scared. Yeah, and i don't don't think i could have handled it that day so that was that's kind of one of my big regrets (laughs) oh
1: don't be too hard on yourself man you were nine years old Uh, (laughs) but uh and, and talk is fuck that man i love that memory man that is wild getting to see ai up close um just beast mode at backdoor is uh a remarkable privilege man um but, um, yeah, man, talk us through your first proper wave that you had at either pipe, backdoor, or off the wall.
0: Uh, I, think, I think I really started... When I started surfing, like, bigger pipe, I was kind of just, like, only getting right. I would somehow just be on the other side and just, like, shit, I got to go right. <laughs> and uh, I think my first, like, actual proper pipe or backdoor wave was... I was... 17 or i was 16 i think and it was just like a really big stretched out closeout wave it looked like and i i was just in the spawn and i just went for it and i scot that wave and i think still to this day it's one of my better backdoor waves i look back at that wave and it was was a pretty it was a pretty good ride and i I put it in an old edit i'm not too sure where it is but uh, it was actually one of my entries into the king of the grams when i was still in that so yeah i was probably like 16
1: Wow. 16. Yeah, right. Far out. Um, and, and who were the people who really helped you out there, like gave you advice, coached you, um, that sort of thing? And, and what were some of the big lessons that they passed on to you?
0: Jamie Jamie was actually really cool when I was really young. When I first started surfing backdoor, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll be every day when it was like four foot, five foot. And that was kind of like my go-to size. And I think he started noticing that me and my brothers are like trying to put in time out there. And he was always really cool at like just paddling up to me and just giving me some advice. Um, so I think I think ever since that I was all so stoked on him. I was like, oh, that's so cool. He's coming up to us and giving us good advice at a young age. So uh, one of the key things, though, and he still does it to this day, is he told me he was like, hey, when you're when you, if you want to wave, like it doesn't matter if you're on the shoulder, if you're not the deepest guy, if you kick his hard and yell like. I bet those guys deeper than you are going to pull back. And he does that to this day. And he's, he does that to everyone, And he does that to me. And it still works. So <laughs> he'll just just paddle and not even look back. But, you know, that's he he deserves it. You know, he's put in so much time out there. And um, I think a lot of the guys out there respect him a lot.
1: Yeah, man. Jamie's such an interesting character. You know, I've had the, uh, the privilege to spend quite a bit of time with him over there on the North Shore. And, you know, from afar, um, he can... Come across, uh, you know, through his media persona and some of the brash things he says as obnoxious or arrogant or whatever. But what people don't realize um, on the North Shore is is how much he gives back to local Groms, the local community. You know, he'll like go down to Waimea and and dig out that trench for all the local kids, and you know, he's very much a a well-respected community man, isn't he?
0: Yeah, Jamie's a legend. He, I think, he inspires like guys like me to be just like really cool to Groms and knowing how much psych these little groms have if you just wave to them or you know talk to them say what's up say oh you're ripping like just you know talking to the groms is huge and that'll get them psyched to surf and you know jamie just coming up to me and saying that got me even more apt to start surfing pipe and get better out there
1: see and um, we're getting down yeah, the I mean, end. Yeah. yeah, we're getting down the end, man. Um, you know, the North Shore yeah. obviously had a heavy reputation for decades. Um, from the busting down the door saga right through to the Wolfpack and the Pipe Whistle and all that kind of stuff. Has the cultural culture of uh, localism changed out there since those wild days? Oh,
0: I think it's. I think everyone can tell that it's changed out there. You know, it's a lot different. It's a lot more mellow. Um, I think people. Even a lot, a lot of the older guys, I think I think people are just kind of that lifestyle, you know. That lifestyle doesn't last forever. So, like, people are realizing just being nice to each other and, you know, being respectful is the way to go. There still obviously should be, like, localism, I think. And, like, still to this, like, nowadays kids can get away with more than they did. So, I do believe there should still be that order and, you know, slap here and there. <laughs> but in all, in all seriousness, you know, people... Guys aren't you know shooting each other. Guys aren't fighting on the beach every day anymore. So I think I think that's a uh, I think that's a good thing. You know the community is kind of just turning kind of just switched upside down. You know it's a, I think the North Shore is a great community now.
1: Mm-hmm. And what do you think's driven that change from uh, you know those those kind of heavy old old days uh, black shorts to Hui Wolf to now? Um, yeah, why is it so different?
0: Uh, I think. Part of it is social media. <laughs> I think, you know, guys, young, younger kids that are growing up in North Shore, they have a big opportunity to, you know, become a pro surfer and have a good rep and get sponsored. So I think that's a big thing, you know, sponsorship can take it a little girl around the world. So, you know, kids are really, really careful on what they're doing nowadays. And I think that's, that's one big thing. You know, there's cameras on the beach. You don't want to get caught. Doing something dumb or fighting a guy and going to jail, you know. So I think that's that's one of the key things. Probably is all these groms—they're learning how to just have a, a good rep, a clean rep.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and how do you go balancing friendships? Um, you know, with mainland and foreign pros while making sure to get your waves at pipe because uh, you know, obviously, you're friends with these guys. You travel the world with them, but when push comes to shove, and and there's a uh, A set up pipe or backdoor that's potentially worth you know those waves are worth money in a sense too you know there's photo incentives like it's a commodity um
0: yeah (laughs) you go maintaining 20 grand waves (laughs) 20 grand waves waves, yeah (laughs) no i mean i it's not like i paddle out there and catch every wave like i'm not out there catching tons of waves still so yeah, I mean, I, everyone gets it. Like, if if you're in the spot, you're going. And I think, I think every, all the all the boys, like, I'm friends with everyone on tour. Like, I, I'm pretty much friends with yeah, I'm pretty much friends with everyone on tour. So, but still, like, I'll still paddle out there. And I think they all know, you know, like, I'm paddle out there and kind of just sit in my spot. But I always wait my turn. I don't, I won't paddle out, paddle around Julian and take the next wave. Like, yeah, I just kind of not made like that
1: yeah nah sick man i I, can't pull that off
0: and like feel good about myself to just like paddle out talk to one of the boys and take the next wave you know i'll paddle out talk to them and then maybe just position myself outside and wait for my. oh
1: that's really interesting man that's a really kind of uh i don't know what the word is maybe like spiritual way of approaching surfing you know if you if you got to steal the wave off someone to get it then you you know the experience is going to be layered with guilt uh it's not going to feel that
0: good yeah and I swear, when you do that, I've probably done that a few times. And then when I've done that, like something happens, I have a shitty session after that, or maybe I break my board in the next wave. So I I think just having good karma when you surf out there, you know, I hate to be, have like any kind of confrontation when I'm surfing the wave, because once you have that it kind of just ruins your session. Mm, mm. And, it, just, you know.
1: and, and what about injuries and stuff like that, man? Have you, how have you gone with that? I mean, you know, I know Jamie's like, broken like uh his leg or maybe both his legs out there like even the best guys get fucked up out there how have you uh fared in that respect
0: i've been pretty lucky i'd say i haven't had any like serious injuries just really really mellow stuff i i think the the closest thing i got to hurt out there was on a three-foot day when i hit my head and i like nearly blacked out underwater but you know it was three foot so you never know when that's gonna happen you know you eat shit head over the falls and you pop up in like two seconds you know it's kind of just it's a hit or miss so whoa i've been really fortunate and haven't experienced anything too crazy
1: sick man well thank you so much for um giving us all your time and um i guess finally like what's the plan from here on in for for 2021
0: yeah i'd say just just getting ready to see if anything's gonna happen with the tour staying home right now and training and, um, getting ready to leave, um, soon.
1: Oh man. Can't wait to, uh, see you down under.
0: Yeah. Excited to see you guys soon. Um, see you in a month. Sick, man. All right. Thank you, you Seth. Fucking legend. Right on. Thanks so much. No worries,
1: brother. Thank you.
0: You, you. Are you kidding me? I mean, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me. You're kidding me, right? Are you kidding me? This guy, are you kidding me? 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 Are you
1: kidding me?
0: Are you kidding me? Are
1: you kidding me or
0: what? You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me. you you gotta be kidding me. You have gotta be kidding me! Oh, you gotta be
1: kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You've gotta be kidding me.
0: You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me.
1: You gotta be kidding me, right? You gotta be kidding me. What? You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me. You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Come on! You gotta be kidding me! You gotta be kidding me! Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're kidding me, right?
0: Are you kidding me?
1: You kidding you kidding me? Are you kidding me?
0: Are you kidding me? me you kidding me are you kidding me are you kidding me right now Are you kidding me are you kidding me you fucking kidding me are 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 you
1: fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me are you
0: fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me you not be fucking kidding me are you fucking kidding me?